Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello and welcome to Business Growth Secrets, everybody. I am really excited today. You've got an amazing guest on that I think is going to be really, really great. Got some great lessons to share with everybody. And it's an industry and a business that we we certainly deal a lot in. Uh, so I'm really excited to have somebody that's doing very, very well in this industry come and talk to us today because it's going to be awesome. So we want to give a big, big welcome uh, to the podcast to Dr. Dev Patel. How are you doing, Dev? We good? Hi, Adam. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much for having me on your show. I'm really keen to have a good chat. So you've built a a great business in the skincare and beauty industry. You've done some great things on on Instagram in terms of building your brand, hundreds of thousands of followers on there. And, you know, things are, are really moving the, in the right direction for you as a business. And you've got massive products that are out there in the market and you're growing and you're really making a dent in this industry. So pleased to have you on. Uh, you. Where, where did this all start for you? You know, how did you first get into business? What was the start like for you? Let's tell us all about that. Gosh, I mean, you know, if if you, I know I didn't do business studies or economics or anything at school. If if you asked me even 15 years ago, I would have probably said, oh, no, I haven't got a head for business. You know, I, I've been, uh, uh, gosh, I hate to admit it, for I'm giving away my age, but I'll, I've been a doctor for 24 years this year. And I spent nine years in the Royal Navy as a Royal Navy medical officer. So, you know, that was being deployed abroad and working in lots of different specialities. And and it was probably when I got my first senior job when I got promoted to uh, Lieutenant Commander rank. Uh, and I was, um, we were in a porter cabin as a medical centre and we were told it was going to be shut down. And uh, and I was made to do something called a lean event. And I don't know if you, you know, that lean process, which Toyota, I think, founded. And, um, and it was a massive learning process. And essentially we went through this whole lean event for a week uh had to do this presentation uh and rather than it being shut down we actually got a 1.4 million pound grant to build a purpose-built new medical center at navy headquarters um and so that i think was uh one of the seedlings that that slowly made me think do you know what that there is something else here that i can do and i can offer um and it was probably only when i left i left the navy went into the nhs did general practice for years and really, it was only because my my father was terminally ill at the time. I needed to rebalance my my home life, work life, uh, and I decided to go and work for myself. Um, and then next thing you know, the, the clinic was born, Perfect Skin Solutions um, in Portsmouth. And that's 10 years old this year. And that really, you know, went from, you know, having a handful of patients to really just exploding. And, and you know, within six months, I was fully booked and we went from one, effectively one or two treatment rooms to now 11 treatment rooms and a team of over 20. And I think that allowed me to also make a dent in the industry, because if I'm going to do something, it has to be, I have to do it. You know, the, it's the attention to detail. So we, we've won uh, over 12 industry awards, including in the categories of best, best clinic multiple times. 
And I think that has allowed me to, or given me a really good platform to then launch my skincare brand. Um, and having a clinic with hundreds of patients coming in and out allows you to basically have lots of people to use your products on to actually get real life feedback to know whether it is actually decent or it's just another brand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's quite a journey summarized very, very fast, but you know, because we train thousands of business owners, right? And actually we come across a lot of people that are working in the NHS as doctors. We come a lot of people working in the NHS, actually nursing and all different types in the NHS. Yeah, We do hear sort of time and time again with people that have been through that process is they become a little bit institutionalized to a degree and they become a, quite fearful actually of leaving and you know and and they're very much in in that space it's actually quite a big jump to come out of the nhs in that safety environment to then go and start your business so so what was that like for you yeah what, you, why do you think you were able to make that leap and go and start were you afraid were you scared yeah. Beers, what was that like? Well, you, you hit the nail on the head because I was a I was a GP partner. I had what six or seven other partners, and I and I remember I, I went I, I went into each of their offices and essentially told them I was divorcing them and the practice. You know if, if that's how it felt because when you're a partner, you've you've you know really invested into that relationship, and um and you know rather than you know getting a lot of angry responses, uh, four or five of them said, "I wish I had the guts to do the same." What do you think that is? Because I've heard that yeah. so many times, right? I, I've literally heard it again and again and again in yeah. that we have really talented, intelligent, smart people that could go and make a, make a dent. But there is a lot of fear there, isn't there? So what, what do you think that is? There, I mean, there is a real fear. I think one of the key things is going to be financial because, you know, I was um, on a decent salary, you know, kids in private school and you know whatever it doesn't whether they're in private school or not the point is is you get used to you know certain incoming outcoming going rather and that's suddenly going to stop you know the, the minute you leave that that salary that pay that you're used to goes and uh, you know if you're ill if you go on holiday you're not going to be earning and and I remember going into a shop uh, picking up a 24.99 shirt instinctively because i wanted it i liked it i was used to buying something if i wanted it certainly in that price bracket and then i, I thought god i can't do this and i put it back down because it was about two, a month two months into building our clinic and every penny counted i spent two hours looking at a, you know fireproof hinges trying to save 50p off each hinge because that would save me, you know, X number of pounds. And and that is how it started. I remind myself of that journey. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think financial is one of the key hurdles. And for, for some people, change, you know, just a big change, you know, we, we get comfortable. And so it does come down to mindset, as, as you all know. Um, and I use that word pretty much every day with my team, that I think there is a certain mindset you need to be able to make that jump uh, and of course, when you're going to do that, there will be a hundred voices in your ear from people of a different mindset talking you out of it. And I think that's the key thing. And you've just got to, I think you've got to believe in your convictions and just go for it. And then it can't be half-hearted. Absolutely. And it's really interesting what you just said there a moment ago about looking at saving 50p off, off of hinges, because that in itself is a is another mindset. And that's when people get into the business and they are laced with fear around the money. Right. And, and, and obviously, the more that people don't invest, 
the more the business stays suppressed, right? So we're talking about invest and, 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 and from somebody now that, like you said, you've been in business 10 years, you've built the business up, you've gone from however many to 11 treatment rooms, 20 staff. You know, that means you've made a lot of investments along the way um, in order to build and grow. And you must have had a point where you had three treatment rooms and you want to go six and you're like, how am I going to do this? And are we going to get the clients? And what's it going to be like if we do get the clients? Will we stay full? And will there be white space in the diary? Will we not be getting the people in? So you had all these different things. Yeah. So what, what was that like and how yeah. did you overcome that, that fear, right, of the, the expansion? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we, we started, we had, we actually had, there were four rooms and actually, and even then people said, you know, my wife's a podiatrist and we've got a, a, a foot clinic side to it, but she's a, a one woman band, if you like. So she was in her room. I was in my room. There were two spare rooms. And I still then decided on, on expanding and creating three more rooms upstairs. And I remember someone saying, saying, why are you doing that? You're not even using the rooms you've got. And I said, I said, when I get to that tipping point, and there will be a tipping point because I'm determined to reach that. I will not want workmen in here for four to six weeks doing works and disrupting the business. At the moment, I can afford to have workmen in there and, you know, open half days. Um, and that time will come. And it, it actually came within about four months, um, you know, because you, you do, you hit that tipping point, you know, apart from Google, people talk to people. And that's our main other way that people come to our business. Yeah. So, you know, as you know, it's, it's exponential. Once you have more people, they're talking to their friends and suddenly you can't cope. And we've hit a few times where I just didn't have enough staff, you know, and we couldn't recruit quick enough. When that happens, there is that point where you think, why am I spending money? Perhaps money that I don't really have or can justify. And you've got, you know, and, and again, I think it comes to mindset. I've got many colleagues in the industry who I think would, would be, have grown quicker or a bit if they, if they just took that leap of faith a little bit more. Equally, I think you do need a voice in your ear sometimes to make you switch the brakes on. You know, there have been a couple of times where I've been very free with um, investing in devices and it needs a voice in your ear to say, okay, have you properly thought about this or are you just acting on a whim? Sure. So, um, yeah, it goes both ways, I guess. And when, when you talk about that, have you, you know, you, you came out of a, of, of a role working in the NHS, you, you started to build your, your business, your clinic, and you started to grow. What did you do to sharpen up your business skills? Did you read books? Did you get mentors? Did you attend courses? Were there some things that you did to get yourself sharper in, in those areas? Yeah, I'm just, uh, as I'm speaking to you, I'm just turning, looking at my bookshelf because the, the, those books are here somewhere. So I did, I guess on reflection, I would have probably researched a bit more, looked a bit more in, in what books. And I just, I think uncovered, you know, how these algorithms on social media and, and other platforms yeah. kind of know what you're looking at and then flash up ideas. And I just ordered a few random books, business leaders, something business leadership and a few other things just to read from people who have been successful in business, you know, pre the CEOs of, of big corporations and, and other things. And then some years in, you know, someone introduced me to sort of more personal development books. Um, Simon Sinek, um, yeah. his book, you know, on the, on the why, find your why. I think that was an amazing book to read. So yeah, absolutely. I think I haven't read a proper fiction book for. 10, 15 years, because yeah. if I'm going to read and it's not often I get time to read those sorts of things, but when I do, it's going to be um, about business. At the moment, I'm reading Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, which I think is amazing. You haven't finished it yet, no? I, I haven't. I, I started it. Uh, I was oh, in you get to the end? oh I'm, I'm three right. quarters away in and I can't put it down, actually. Yeah. Right. 
great book. Yeah, it's good. So you're sharpening your skills in those areas. And yeah, I, I didn't go on any courses. Um, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I just tried to speak to as many people as I could. Did you have um, mentors around you or did you have people that you knew that have been successful that you modeled or did you get around other people that were competitors doing well? How did you get other vision and insight through people? Yeah, so obviously with the, I mean, I think the skincare clinic and the skincare brand Seldoma are quite different, actually very different. With the clinic, it was more about cuffing it most of the time. And really just, I felt it is quite an isolated uh, industry, you know, in terms of the aesthetic industry. But it was more about just speaking to as many industry people as I could at conferences, at networking events, et cetera. And then actually I just had a belief that, you know, it's not meant to sound arrogant anyway, but I had a belief in that what I was doing was a bit different. And yeah. Yeah, I think you find a few key people in the industry who you respect and yeah. you just glean from them what you can, and then you try and do your own thing. And in many ways I have, yeah. um, with the cell derma, with the skincare brand, who do you talk to? You know, that it, it's, it's, I think I will, Talk, I've talked to people who are in other industries and probably got more out of them. You know, they'll talk to me about logistics or uh, funding, you know, or, or, or things like that. Um, but so often as in life is when people are starting up in a business, they don't have the connections. Yeah. Uh, and when they are successful and they're big and, and they probably don't need that input as much, that's when they've actually got the network. So I think there are various organizations, various networking things that I think people should tap into. Uh, and perhaps I could have done more of that to yeah. maybe maybe get more expert input um, in, in the early parts of the journey. And you've done a good job of branding yourself, right? I see you've, you've won multiple awards. Uh, you've got lots of media. You've grown your social media significantly. You know, uh, what what led you down that route? Because that's, uh, again, you know, stepping up, building that brand is a really important thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know nothing about it, right? You know, a lot, yeah. a lot of people miss that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a, like for the Soulderma side and our Instagram, Soulderma UK, that, that I've got two brilliant marketing people and they tend to deal with that and they'll just tell me when they want me to come in and shoot a little clip. I think you do have to get used to doing videos nowadays. You know, that's what people want. Video content, you have to get comfortable from a camera. Um, initially we just had this for the clinic. We just had a clinic page and it's still not huge to be honest. And then one of my marketing people said, you need to have your own page. You need to have your own account. People, you know, yeah. you, you are the brand. And I always wanted to err away from that. I thought, you know, that's why I didn't name the clinic after me. I hadn't named the skincare brand after me. And it did take some getting used to because my personal Facebook is actually quite personal. I've just got friends on there and I just very occasionally post and I didn't like putting all that social stuff on. You wouldn't think it looking at my Instagram account now, but I do cringe every time I post genuinely because it's not actually inherently me. But as I say, if you're going to do something, you've got to go all in. Otherwise, there's no point doing it. And uh, I had to come around to the fact that, well, the Instagram audience want this. This is what they're into. And the people who aren't into that aren't going to be on Instagram. Um, and, and yeah, you, you do. And our skincare brand, I think, which is extremely competitive. I mean, I, I never started Seldama for, for money. Uh, that was never the, um, the, you know, I didn't sit there thinking, how can I make more money? What's a good business idea? I would have just franchised my clinic. You know, I've, I had yeah. some really good offers to, for people to start doing that. And that would have been much more financially, um, beneficial. Uh, and, but, but with the skincare brand, I think we've had to, I know that a reason, a key, reason of its success so far to date is because of my 
personal brand power in the industry, which allows me to open doors. Whereas, you know, if I was just another person starting a skincare brand, it would be very hard to open. It's a massive impact. It's one of the things that we train our clients on in a big way is building that personal brand and the impact it can have. It sounds like it's had a, a huge impact on you and a huge impact on your journey for sure. So, you know, in terms of this journey for you, what's next? What are you working on at the moment? You said to me as we came on, you've got something super exciting that's in the works. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's happening now and where you are right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've got a fairly comprehensive range of products. You know, they're regulated cosmetic products, but and so we can't make any medical claims. But of course, the reality is, is that we're seeing incredible, powerful results with even one or two products on people's skin health. And that goes for pretty much anything that they're coming in within, you know, uh, whether it's acne, rosacea, pigmentation, just simple aged skin that they want to improve. And we've got an exciting new launch happening. And, you know, I think because of the way we've cuffed it and because of a lack of funding for PR and other things up to date, you know, we've not really properly done any launches. You know, we, we soft launched into my clinic in 21. We sort of then slightly going into other stockists and other clinics in 2022. And now, you know, we, we can put a bit of funding behind a proper launch. We're launching something exciting in April. We've obviously used this, the prototype on hundreds of patients and, and various people and just to give, um, I'll probably get told off for mentioning this. I don't know, but we've had a few patients recently with actually burns and, um, and we've used this product on them. Now, bearing in mind, this product can be used on pretty much anything. So it could be you or I could use it or, um, in fact, I've got it on my skin right now, but of course we used it on these people with acute burns. And one of the girls who contacted me when I was in India, I said, go in, I'll arrange for you to get this prototype, but you just need to sign a little secrecy agreement because it's not launched yet. And she was told in A&E that she would need grafting and she was being referred to Salisbury Burns Unit. In the end, that's not been needed. And she's actually got, she had normal skin at day seven. All she used was this product, you know. So for me now, the potential of this product is going to be massive. Unfortunately, with a lot of these things, we there are a lot more studies that we, we want to do, partly because you need that if you really want to make a stand in, in that sort of area. But that needs thousands, you know. So we, we have got some limited studies at the moment, which will help. But I think products like this won't just be about growing our brand and really saying there's something very special here now. But actually, you know, the impact in the future, you know, think of the millions we could save the NHS and, you know, other health departments with something so simple, um, which is a, you I know, mean, you it yourself, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and this right. one truly, um, uh, I literally worked on very hard, uh, for, for a couple of years, a lot of literature searching, you know, the science is out there. I haven't come up with, you know, any of the ingredients. They're not, you know, so novel, you know, so some of the key ingredients in there have been around for two decades. One of them has been around for about 50, 60 years, mm. but it's about bringing that science in with, uh, the clinical field. And I think that's one of our, key benefits with the brand is that I'm I'm still a working practitioner in the skin world. Every day I'm seeing, you know, lots and lots of patients coming through our doors and between all the clinicians, we've got hundreds coming through the doors. And so we have some of the most challenging, resistant cases coming to our clinic because the simple things they might go to any person who's selling any any kind of brand, but when nothing works, they'll seek out clinics like ours. 
And so we get really, truly the most resistant cases. Take rosacea. We get the most resistant cases. And they're the people we try our early prototype products on. And I look for eight out of 10 patients case studies should get at least a moderate benefit if we're going to progress with the product. And actually, we've had much higher results. So, you know, and we're working on a, a whole bunch of other products in, in, in the background. And if I get the funding, <laughs> I will then be able to drive those forward. You know, our acne product, we can't, by the way, I'm saying acne, rosacea, they're cosmetic products. So you, we can't actually put those words on products. We'd have to say, you know, red prone skin or blemish prone skin. But the yeah. fact is, is that we've taken severe cases of those various conditions and use single products and achieve phenomenal outcomes within days to a couple of weeks in people who have been on five, six different prescription strength medications and tried various other ranges. And there's a reason because when people hear this, they say, well, how is that possible? What have you done? And I never expected to achieve that because I thought, how can we compete with multi-million dollar companies? And I think one of the things is, is that we have genuinely really tried to bring together that science that's hidden in the literature, that's in a lab that lab geeks know and actually brought it together with, we can use it real life, day to day, and actually see, no, this works, this doesn't work. No, this is what we should have. But I think our underlying key to our success will be, and our, our true USP is that we have promised to avoid any misleading language in any of our messaging. And I'll be bold enough to say that I struggle to see a brand, certainly amongst all the, the top 20, 30 brands, that doesn't in some way use misleading language in their marketing. I see it every day, even with brands embarrassingly that I've used in the past in my clinic. And that is something, they're not breaking the law, they're not breaking any regulations, whatever regulations there are, but they are misleading the public. And I example that all the time to my own team and say, this is how, and my patients, you know, that the world's biggest brand is the global giant, the biggest selling retinol cream of all time, I believe, from the globe's leading brand doesn't actually even have retinol in the cream when you look at the ingredient list. How do they get around it? They, they write pro-retinol. So the consumer reads it and says, well, this is even better. This is like professional. Actually, pro just means precursor. <laughs> so they're, they're just playing on words, knowing that the layperson is not going to know that pro means precursor. And what they have is actually a very weak precursor. By the time it's broken down, um, two or three times, it's actually extremely weak. And actually, one of the world's leading experts on cosmetic dermatology says so weak that it actually doesn't even do anything on the receptors, you know. So this is how brands do it. They dust ingredients. You know, they'll mention ingredient, but they put such a small percentage in that it's sub-therapeutic. It's not going to actually affect its therapeutic effect. But someone looks at the ingredients and says, oh, this is fine. But I liken products to, you know, like if you get a ready meal, the ingredients might be the same as as the, the, the ingredients a Michelin star chef uh, uses for a meal, but you've got two very different products. And that that is a key thing no one talks about, which is method of manufacture. Why so, you know, my, my product, <laughs> any of our products, if I gave it to another lab, they wouldn't be able to make exactly the same thing, even if I gave them the percentages, because the method of manufacture influences the cost. Because sometimes people say, oh, I can get a 5% this for, for eight pounds. Why is it 50 pounds in your range or whatever? And you think, well, it's still with how it's made. You know, the ready meal was 2.99. The Michelin star meal was, you know, 60 quid. There's a difference. Um, but what we've been able to show is someone can actually buy one product, one single product, and we can demonstrate healthier skin. I mean, better elasticity, 
better tone, thicker skin, plumper skin, firmer skin. And we have the equipment to back that up with real figures. And a lot of products out there, people will think they're good, but they just fill the skin. I got a screenshot the other day of a product and someone said, yeah, this is really big work. Everyone's bigging it up. Can you tell me if this is good or not? And I said, well, all your colleagues think it's good. And it was a collagen cream. When I looked at it, it was literally just mineral oil and it had some collagen in it. But collagen, of course, doesn't go into the skin. It just fills the line. So you'll have the perception, the illusion that your skin looks better and is less lined and wrinkled. But it's like makeup. You know, when you take it off, you stop using it. You see it's going to be exactly how it was before. So I think if we stick to our ethos of not misleading the public, building long term trust, people trust their brand that they're using now. But my wish, my aim is that one day people realize and see the light. One consumer by one consumer, we're going to achieve this. And they'll realize how the wool has been pulled over their eyes. And that if you truly use high quality products with the right formulations, missing out harmful inactives, having the right forms of the actives and the right method of manufacturing, you can achieve phenomenal outcomes and you don't need all the products in the world. And I know I'm talking against people, you know, we're essentially discouraging people from using six, seven, eight of our products. All I'm saying is if you do, you'll have even better skin, but you don't need that. You don't need to do that. And so we've made lots of decisions that truly back up our ethos. Which you sound we... very passionate about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you do. And it sounds like you're on a mission. And where can people find out about this, uh, Dev? And where's, where's the best place for people to be able to get in touch with you and find out about how they can work with you on their skin? I mean, Soldema.com is the, the skincare brand's website and perfectskinsolutions.co.uk is our clinic website. So two very different platforms. And then I'm mostly active based? on Instagram. Yeah. And where's the clinic based? In Portsmouth, South Coast. Oh, Portsmouth, uh, lovely. We're, yeah, we're, we're 90 minutes from Waterloo. So we actually have about two patients from London every day come to the clinic yeah. amongst the, the many who come in. Yeah. And and your Instagram, you're doing a great job. You said that's Dev, Dev Patel. Dr. Dr. Dev Patel 1. Oh, Dr. Dev Patel 1 on Instagram. Look, I, I think it sounds incredible when you said this new product is launching in April. So there's going to be a big splash around that. Yeah, there is. There is. It's uh, it is. It's going to change the world, Adam. You just mark my words. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, you know, it sounds good. I know you're looking for investors, so maybe we'll uh, we'll have a look at that as well, which sounds good, right? So awesome. Right. Well, look, um, I think it's been awesome to hear about the journey. Really enjoyed discussing the personal branding, the building of the personal brand, uh, creating exceptional products, and looking forward to seeing how this does. Uh, change the world this product and you'll we'll, we'll have to i'll certainly be keeping in touch and uh, finding out more about that thanks for coming on go and check out dr deb patel one at on instagram he's doing a great job with his instagram building his personal brand and doing great things in the skin aesthetics and beauty industry and thanks for thanks for listening share this with somebody from that industry uh, go and share this with somebody that's looking to build a better brand looking to um, create a better strategy uh, go through the ups and downs of building their business maybe you know someone in in the nhs that wants to take that step and go and build a business or you know somebody in beauty aesthetics health that wants to go out and grow so just go and hit the three dots share this episode that is the only way that business growth secrets grows because we don't run ads so you sharing this with other great people keeps the wheels in motion thanks everybody and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode of business growth secrets 
Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.